0: If you're already knowledgeable of the history of the protests at Ihumatao, feel free to skip forward a couple minutes. Pass the introduction.
1: In the 1850s, the Kingitanga movement was created in order to establish Māori's own monarchy as Māori. Māori land was being confiscated, stolen, and frankly misused by British colonists. And this was a way of halting the taking of land. In 1863, local Māori in Waikato had their land confiscated by colonists in the invasion of Waikato. The land here was pivotal to the Kingitanga movement, and the invasion was motivated to dismantle their influence. Kingitanga forces withdrew into the tribal region Nati maniapoto now known as the King Country. All confiscations under the New Zealand Settlements Act of 1863 breached the treaty that founded this country, o Waitangi, or the Treaty of Waitangi. Fast forward to the 1970s, Bastion Point. The land was occupied by Nati Fatua, and before the colonization of New Zealand, it was part of important lands for the iwi overlooking rich fishing and farming areas. Now in 1885, a military outpost was built on the land. In 1886, the Crown took ownership of 13 acres for the purpose of defense. In 1941, the Crown no longer needed Bastion Point, but instead of giving it back to Nati Fatua, the rightful owners, they gifted it to the Auckland City Council for Reserve. In 1976, when it reached public knowledge that it would be sold to the highest bidder for housing, the Oraki Māori Action Committee organized an occupational protest. The protest lasted for 506 days. Occupiers grew crops, constructed a marae, and housing. And after 506 days, protesters were forcibly removed by 600 police and personnel of the New Zealand army. They destroyed vegetable gardens, they destroyed the mudai, and they arrested 220 people. In 2017, Ihumatao village in Mangare, Auckland, land stolen in 1863 during the Waikato invasion, was purchased by Fletcher's building. Oh shit, we've seen this episode before.
0: In this episode, we dive into the occupation and protest at Ihumatel Village, which is ongoing to this day. Let's unpack.
1: This is an ongoing issue, and it's a very, very complex issue as well. So, what we're gonna do in this episode is we're actually gonna unpack the Ihumatao protest. Yeah. While we dissect these comments, um, I'm ready, man. This is gonna be a big one.
0: We've been running this for a hot minute.
1: We we had to. I'm gonna say we had to get educated as well. Oh, absolutely. I I was educated in Kaitaia, and so I you know I like to pride myself on knowing you know. A little bit about tiawatangi. T- 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 however. However. With this topic? Oh, wow, we just read some new stuff. So, anyways, <laughs> let's let's jump straight into it. Um, the first article that we're actually gonna dive into is the most commented and retweeted article to do with Ihumato. Can you guess what it is? Stuff? It's definitely stuff. Yeah, it's our guys, it's definitely stuff, right? Yeah. And I gotta say, after looking at all of these articles and opinion pieces on Humato, New Zealand journalism did a fantastic job on sort of documenting it. Got to give credit where it's due. Documenting the protests uh, all over the nation. The perspectives, the narratives. Exactly, right? But the most commented article on this protest... Is TJ Perinaro wearing oh, a wristband for all blacks' tests against
0: wallabies? Bro, if you chuck all blacks into the title of an article, people going in. It has
1: 1,300 comments on its Facebook post alone, over 300 shares, over 5,000 reactions, and then it's also been put on Twitter over a thousand times. Yeah. This was what everybody wants to talk about. Also, bro, nice on the numbers, bro. I see you. I see you, King. I see you. I was trying to give video, you know. (laughs) Had to lay off the grammar a bit, you know what I mean. I can't believe that this is the this is the pinnacle of the the conversation for most people on the internet. This
0: is what got people invested, got people opinionated.
1: Exactly. I mean the breaking news was obviously breaking, so people were gonna talk about it. But this is what got more reactions. This is what got more things. So you know what, man? Let's get into it. Let's dive into it. So Stuff.co.nz had released an article on the 17th of August, 2019. Uh, tagline says, TJ's wristband message. Uh, and TJ Perinaro, all black, and a Hurricanes player, yeah. you know, um, Yeah, wore Ihumato on his wristband. Now, rugby players usually put things on their wristband. Mm, Motivational. Sometimes they write the name of a family member to to remember who they're playing the game for. Exactly, right? And it's beautiful, in my opinion. I love it. I love it. So him writing Ihumato just showed that he uh, stood in solidarity with what these protesters were doing, occupying the land to make sure that Fletcher's didn't totally destroy these acres, to be honest. Mm, Yeah. So first comment we're going to look at is from John. John says, Perinara needs to concentrate on his rugby instead of making stupid look-at-me remarks. He has no clue. Just another attention seeker.
0: Oh, my word. Just another attention seeker, right? Just another attention
1: seeker that plays rugby.
0: That's crazy. No other players write
1: anything on the (laughs) wristband. You're right. He's just seeking attention. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But anyways, let's give John the benefit of the doubt. Um, To concentrate on his rugby instead of making stupid look-at-me remarks. I think the implication here is that you can't,
0: you don't have the the brain capacity to, while playing the game of rugby, be able to maybe think of wider issues in society. Okay. So like, yeah, like he can't play the game for somebody else. No, no, no. He's focused on the game and he can't think of anything else and it will impact his performance. Right. Did it impact his performance? Well, sharpen your pencils. Okay. We're going into some numbers. Hmm. So for the 2019 season for the All Blacks, TJ Paranata played approximately 270 minutes. Well, looking at the attacking statistics of those 270 minutes, we have a permanent production of 0.07 carries, 0.29 metres, 0.04 points... 0.04 0.04 defenders beaten, Ooh. 0.02 clean breaks, 1.13 passes, 0.02 trices, and so on and so forth. I could rattle on about all these attacking stats, but there are some baseline numbers, and okay. those numbers were per minute mm-hmm. over the season. So, in the game that this article is alluding to, his production was 0.05 passes, 0.05 meters, 0 points, defenders beaten, clean breaks, trices, tries, and 1.6 passes oh. per minute. So, across the board, yeah. his numbers were actually down for a permanent production. Now, of course, this is looking at a 20-minute sample size. Don't at me about statistical yeah. thing. Actually, no. If you want to have a conversation about it, at me. Because I'm keen to have a conversation about it. Because okay. not many people are like, Tabby, bro, tell me about the biases that are at play. No one's... Those aren't... Convers- <gasps> yeah. You've never... You've never, never, said yeah. it, you never said that to me. No, yeah, never. No. So, overall, essentially, the production wasn't there for the game. So... As a fair person, mm-hmm. we do have these statistics and it's it's good for us to talk about. Yeah. So backing up John's statement that he needs to just focus on the game, he could make that argument. However, I just completely disagree with him. Okay. The whole notion that an athlete should shut up and dribble. Right. I should just stick to up. sports. know how you feel about that. I completely disagree with that. Yeah. And there have been many, many times when an athlete
1: hasn't just done that. Right. And I feel like, you know, Perinawa was born in uh, Porirua. I feel like, you know, he's definitely seen injustices. He, he's he's of Maori descent. He is. Um, I believe it's Ranga Tihi and Te Aroa. So, like, he's going to feel a connection to what's happening at Ihumata. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that it's going to take away from his concentration on the game. Because if you're once you're a professional player, you can't tell yeah. me that, like, you know... I think he's had to concentrate on the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I, I feel like also when when John says he has no clue, just another attention seeker. Now nah, I feel like him or his family members, and definitely his ancestors, have been affected by something similar in the past. Exactly. Um, and occupations of land, there's such a history of it in New Zealand, so mm-hmm,
0: and around the world too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's he's definitely not just another attention seeker. No. Um, John, however, we got we do have to give him a point because. Needs to focus or concentrate on the rugby The instead. performance
0: wasn't necessarily there for that game. However, yeah. if we look overseas, someone like LeBron James has been very outspoken.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: And he's not too bad at basketball from memory. I don't know. You want to go into numbers with that? I think me. This 10. isn't for this podcast.
1: Yeah. I could go in on that. However, also, I would say rugby's a team game as well. Exactly. And that game we won 36-0. So...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And TJ led the Haka, so... Yeah. yeah. Next comment's from Sterling. Sterling says, Oh dear. Well, if Falau gets the boot for his beliefs supporting those willfully breaking the law, I fear he will be in jail by morning. Dot, dot, dot. Can you imagine if they went to TJ's
0: place? Like, bro. Like, we're locking <laughs> you up. Get in. Like, come on, man. Get in the car. <laughs>
1: Get in the wagon. You going to jail. You put... Uh, you put that on your wrist... Go to jail? Yeah, unfortunately, Sterling, it's not happening like that. Can you imagine if society was like that? Could you imagine if like <laughs> a rugby player was thrown in jail for writing a message? Like, I, uh, it's just not. No. Also, the comparison to Falal, um, you know what? Let's unpack that. Why? Like, why not? Let's have a look at it. Yeah, yeah. Because Sterling, for those of you who are listening to the podcast who are not. Uh, aware Israel Folau was a is a rugby player professional rugby player born in New South Wales uh, but played for Australia and was removed from the team because he made some comments about same-sex marriage and homosexuality boy he did and once again we've seen sports people say whatever they want to say you know talk about your know, anti uh semitism in football exactly and you know people taking actions against that um izzy didn't back down no he Repeated. doubled down he did he was uh, he's a very big uh believer of the christian faith and the traditional christianity of homosexuality is uh Unnatural, I believe, that. yeah. I think that's what it's labeled as. Yeah, so Rugby Australia were like, No, nah, we're not messing with that. Uh, but he wasn't put in jail. No, <laughs> I don't think jail. he
0: was ever, he ever saw the inside of a cell.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so when Sterling also mentions that, uh, supporting those willfully breaking the law, um, Israel Falau has sort of mentioned that you know, people are breaking the law of the you know, the 10 commandments if they are. Engaging in homosexual behavior or activity, yeah. Sterling is also making a comparison to the protesters or the occupiers of the land, uh, um for breaking the law, such trespassing. But isn't the Confederate flag like being removed from like university campuses and shit? like?
0: Uh, it is currently yes, it's being removed from university campuses. NASCAR has a big association with the Confederate flag, and it has now been banned from NASCAR. Although some fans, some fans have actually been flying it over the top.
1: When NASCAR races are
0: going on, being like. Because they're that keen. Yeah, they (laughs) They, love the flag that much. They need to see it there. Yeah.
1: What do you get from that? I don't know, I guess a middle finger to NASCAR. Uh Yeah, but Although you're still kind of... the
0: more publicity. Yeah, I was
1: about to say, you're also probably got the sports package on your TV, so... I wasn't
0: really paying attention to NASCAR until I saw that, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, NASCAR
1: also just blew up because of uh, the Bubble Wallace incident. Exactly. Yeah. So, unfortunately...
0: So, Bubble Wallace is a NASCAR driver, and he's been a big advocate of the Black Lives Matter movement, all the, I think a majority of the race car drivers actually walked a lap with the, uh, with Bubba Wallace's car. He's been seen when the Black Lives Matter t shirt and different things like that. And in response to this, a fan or someone associated with NASCAR actually put a noose
1: in Bubba Wallace's garage. Now, I have seen that and then I have also read. That at NASCAR they do depending on where they are racing, yeah, they do switch garages, right? And they So do. there wasn't a the it may not have been meant for Bubba, and then also they had left the rope tied there on the garage, um, at, yeah, exactly yeah, exactly. Like with this smoke, there's fire, and it's
0: like the FBI actually ran an investigation into this, and they determined that yes, it was a noose because some people on the internet viewed it as a pulley that is related to NASCAR. However. There was no way of someone being able to determine that Bubba would be in that garage in that week. So, therefore, no crime was officially committed. However, facts remain a noose was found in Bubba's garage. And look, take from that what you will. I don't even follow NASCAR. I don't even watch that. Yeah, I'm not an expert in this, but just I, uh... take
1: from that what you will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, fair point. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire, as we always say, but. Could it have been a coincidence? I guess. I guess. Like mm. the climate says it all. Exactly. Yeah. Back to Sterling's comment though. That that sort of punishment for I don't want to say standing up for what you believe in, but putting a message when you're playing a sport, you know, a public sport, and standing up for something like that, and then punishing a player for something like that. The NFL had actually fined Demario Davis, um, mm. who's a who's a linebacker, Saints linebacker. They fined him $7,000, which also, like, is nothing for him. It's nothing, yeah. Um, But he wore a headband that said Man of God. And he got fined for it. Yep. That's really... Um, America says, in God we trust. (laughs) But, like, you can't wear a headband that says Man of God. And if you watch any
0: post-match interview, the first thing they say... I want to give praise to the All High, to the Almighty Leader, God. Mm. I want to appreciate you. Thank you for everything. Mm. So uh,
1: yeah, I don't wear that headband though. I'm gonna take literally like what three cents from you. Like come on, seven thousand dollars is nothing for an NFL linebacker. So I feel like the the punishment all around is kind of like yeah, fine. And Demario Davis even put up on his Twitter like, should I still wear it? <laughs> Which shows you how little how little seven thousand dollars is to him. It was like,
0: I mean, I might still yeah. do it. Yeah,
1: it's like how that's how much he like stands up for what he believes in. And I feel like if you had said to T.J. Perinare like, "Hey, we're gonna fine you five hundred dollars because you wore that wristband," would you? Do you think he'd still wear it every game? Absolutely, I think he would. Absolutely, and to be honest, in this current society we live in. I wouldn't be surprised if people fundraise to pay for the $500. Oh, deadass, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, in our research of this topic, you know, we we read a lot and we listened to a lot as well. And one person that we've been listening to a lot is Panya Newton. Absolutely. And, like, what she said and what she stood for and has said it time and time again that she's willing to die for this cause... I feel like $500, $500. $500, it's,
0: $500. it's a decent amount of money, of course, for yeah. nine percent of the population. And I'm not trying to put my hand in TJ's wallet, but I imagine that he would probably pay. Yeah. So
1: thanks, Sterling. No jail time. But if we were going to give him some punishment, we're pretty sure that TJ would still. Yeah, absolutely. Next comment is from Ruben. Ruben says he jumps on any bandwagon there is a free seat on. What do we show pony. Now, uh, show pony? What a wee show pony? Like a so a small show pony. Have you seen TJ Parenara? I call him Sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, like people talk mad wild on the internet. Exactly. And like, come on. He jumps on any bandwagon as a free seat on So I actually did like a little bit of a dive on TJ's social media. He's very active on Instagram. Um and he stood up for quite a few things, but not out and out. So like Social justice, absolutely. Ihumato, he's made a stance there, uh, but he makes like a post talking about the privilege of people worrying about property destroyed, um, rather than you know going for the whole Black Lives Matter, let's destroy white supremacy mm. sort of thing. Similar to his stance on the mosque attacks in, in in March, the terrorist attack. You know, it's very clear that he stays on the side of like the majority neutral. Um, any bandwagon? No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. No, no, no. One, ones that clearly affect him or people from his community yeah issues that matter to him exactly and and most of them are, are you know focused around minority representation exactly. or justice for minorities which of course absolutely noble causes yeah and we're behind them absolutely and and what a what a platform he has i mean mm. a fantastic rugby player um represented the all blacks for a number of years
0: And for anybody who has a platform and uses it for their, not even just for their benefit, but for the benefit of of their people, their community, I took my hat to them, honestly.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, like, he's from Porirua as well. And for those who have been to or know Porirua, small town outside of Wellington, I wouldn't even say small. Mm. It's kind of, it's nice. But to represent that, to represent, you know, those sort of things and coming from Porirua, Say less. Exactly. Say less. We're a fan. So, now nah, not any bandwagon is a free seat on. And he supports causes he believes in. Crazy cool. concept, bro. Can you imagine? Could you imagine supporting something? Bro, using your platform to talk about issues that you care about? That's crazy. Nah, bro, I use my platform to call people We Show Ponies. I <laughs> don't know about you. Next comment is from McKitty. McKitty says, TJ, do it on your own time. Just the same as any All Blacks that argue against. Tell us what a team All Blacks is, man.
0: Now, I know you love your grammar. I don't really know what that last I think, sentence means. I think what Mickey's
1: trying to say is, you know, just tell us what a team the All Blacks is instead of talking about whatever's going on outside. Okay, um, I guess. Yeah, and, and, you know, to reiterate it as well, I love to take apart grammar, but when they're making an actual point, I'm never going to, you know, destroy somebody's point just because they're using... We're not describing their point because they might exactly if i fully can't understand what you're saying i'm gonna have to break it down (laughs) um but no this is fine i can see where mckitty's trying to what he's trying to say he's trying to say you know do it in your own time all the other are like all blacks they argue against like you know just what like just focus on the all blacks Mm. and we'll focus on us um but i mean like as a professional rugby player you know for the all blacks and the hurricanes so when you know if we're looking at when is TJ's own time not under scrutiny like i feel like as a professional athlete what is your time you don't have especially if you're representing
0: the all blacks oh yeah they're the biggest brand within new zealand i know that when my parents told me that we were going to move to new zealand all i knew was about rugby
1: exactly that's, that's literally that's, yeah
0: i was like oh the all blacks okay that's
1: all i knew yeah when i moved here as well it was like uh oh all blacks yeah cool that's that's about it that's at so and they they work day and night
0: on their craft absolutely and i mean if you see tj in a pub you're gonna go and ask for a signature uh i mean personally i'm not yeah like i don't necessarily like to put people on a pedestal exactly uh, not even to that. Be, actually to be fair because like, if i see
1: lebron i'm sorry bro like it's, it's over okay me. lebron's used to it that's true lebron's used to it i feel like tj is gonna be because new zealand has that culture of like i don't want to put you on a pedestal yeah They're not going to, you know, they're not going to go out and be like, yo, TJ, can I get an autograph, whatever? Like a kid, sure, maybe. But like no grown man is going to walk up to another grown man and ask him to sign something. But in America, very different. Oh, absolutely. And when we bring up America, we could even bring up like the Chicago Bulls, for example. Mm -hmm. Like on time, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman would go out to clubs, miss training or go AWOL, come back. 12 rebounds. Dominate the game. Just take over. Five blocks. Like, Mm. not even five. Ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. Exactly. But his partying was under scrutiny just as much as his game was. You know? So, even if TJ did this in his own time, I feel like y'all would still be making
0: comments. Because is Instagram his own time? Because he's always going to be representing the All Blacks brand. So, technically, nothing he does is on his own time. However, you feel as though someone should have ownership of their own yeah. social media accounts, but oh, my! Uh,
1: I mean, yes, as regular citizens, Tabby, me and you do. We, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, you can see that there's like 13 and 14-year-old basketballers in the States who have fan accounts. They do. Somebody else runs them, they do the highlight do. package, whatever. Did you see that clip of somebody asking LaMelo Ball for his number? Or like, no, yeah. no, like, can you follow me back on Instagram? And he was like, I don't run it. Yeah, you see exactly. <laughs> like she was like, "That's Lamelo the brand." Yeah, like you can't, you can't get to me. <laughs> you can't get to that man. Yeah. Whereas TJ, yeah, I guess like his his Instagram is his own time. And it's it's interesting the whole conversation around,
0: say, as you said, the pedestaling the role models of athletes. Mm. Like Charles Barkley took out an entire ad campaign with Nike, literally stating the fact that he's not a role model for your children. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're a big star athlete in the States, you don't have your own time. However, he's saying that he's not a role model, so he shouldn't necessarily focus on what he does off the court or even on the court. True. So the whole point of like, do it on your own time, when is someone's own time Yeah. as, an, as a professional
1: athlete? And who are you to dictate their own time? So, nah. Who am I? Brian mickety What do Mick- you mean? do you mean, my mans? Next comment is from Peter. Uh, Peter says rugby is a team game. You should not do anything that might annoy your teammates. That trouble there must do wonders for mixed relationships. You know when you like you're midway through a sentence, and you just swish it up. I do that all the time. Like, I do that like, all the time. It happens like, to everyone. Yeah, like, I, but I get both of Peter's points here. Yeah. Like rugby is a team game. Don't annoy your teammates. Also, like mixed relationships. Like, come on, like, in a team, that's going to be trouble. Yeah. So, um, while I personally don't agree with what is trying to say, he's correct. Mm. Uh, you should never do something that your teammates would not, or like maybe before you talk to your teammates, like in this specific instance, TJ standing up in solidarity with Ihumato in the All Blacks. And the All Blacks who, let's not even bite it, profit off of Maori culture. Bro, don't even open that (laughs) camera. Oh, my word. I feel like none of the teammates are going to have a problem with you putting ihumato on your wrist. Especially given the nature of the cause. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if we're going to look into, like, Players doing things that have upset their teammates. I mean, we see it all the time on the court or like on the field. You might miss an open goal. You might miss an open layup. Someone might get mad at you or whatever. That's one thing. The we could look at Colin Kaepernick taking the knee. Mm. Did his teammates really mess with that? Oh, Did there the would have team... been
0: so many teammates that were against that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? They'll be the same teammates who are now kneeling. Are but look, kneeling let's not get into. But what we
1: can get into is a topic that we've already brought up, and I'm sorry to bring him up again, but Israel Falau. Mm -hmm. his views split the Wallabies camp before the World Cup he didn't tell anybody that he was feeling that way he just posted that to Instagram thought nothing of it right but it led to a player boycotting a pre-tournament camp yeah oh yeah like And we're not even talking like a youth player. We're talking Kipu. A national team player. He's got 110 caps. He's a forward. That's a veteran. And he's a vet of the Australian team. And he refused to attend the Wallaby camp in protest at what he saw was a marginalization of Pacific Island players, which we can get into if we we want to. We can open that can of beans. We're not thinner right now, nah. but Kipu was like barred as well from a New South Wales media session because they thought that he was going to back up Fuala. And what that does in the media, obviously a lot of like hysteria. But could you imagine in the dressing room? Yeah, the dressing room, that would have been a toxic
0: environment. Oh, to abs- be
1: there are obviously players that, like, once Folau had said that, he's like, ah, I'm not going to play with that dude again. Yeah. What that does for team, you've now, you've played with this guy. You know the tactics with it. You know the formations to set. He's formed a good relationship with him. Absolutely. And he's not just, like, a fringe player either. He has, he's, like, what, more than 60 caps. He's a star. He was a star player in that team. Exactly. So what you do... Outside of the game, will have an impact. It always will on your teammates. Absolutely. Apologies, but it does. It does. It does. Too bad Australia suck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the All Blacks are fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that is a fair point to for to Peter. Um. I don't think the All Blacks would have had any problem with the wristband. No. But uh, yeah. It it in the past teams have fallen out over very little things to do with the game. Raymond says, to summarize from reading this thread, what's very clear is they are definitely not us should replace the ridiculous moniker, they are us headline that gripped the nation. Facts, facts, facts. The typical racist undertones against the indigenous people and minorities live every day is absolutely alive and well. Also, most of the negative comments or resistance to the article Article's content, sorry, explains the lack of knowledge of what the Ihumato struggle is about. Please be kind, do your research, learn about the treaty. Like Jim Bulger is vehemently against racism and learning about the treaty, and it's opened his eyes. Don't spread small mindedness to your children, as this is the start of racism.
0: We need to get them on an episode.
1: My they... Lord. What a comment. They went off. And also to bring up Jim Bolger, who is by far the most Republican Prime Minister of New Zealand has <laughs> ever had, he came back and he was like, first of all, neoliberalism has failed New Zealand. Yeah. Second of all, like he stated that ignorance of the past is the rise of racism. Mm. Like if we just ignore what's going on in the past and what some of these people are trying to do in the comments, it's just going to breed more and more racism. In
0: the future. Yeah. yeah. And so, prison, of course.
1: Honestly paki pucky, pucky to Raymond.
0: Haves off to that comment.
1: Next comment is from Ron. Ron says, Being an older white guy with a stereotypical shaved head, a bit right wing, I'm not normally into this kind of thing. <laughs> I love the self-awareness. I love it. Self-awareness is a good skill to have. Absolutely. He goes on to say, But having watched this unfold and walked our dogs through this beautiful area, if I still lived in Auckland, I'd be right there with the rightful owners, the local Maori. Stay strong. I reckon in this you've got more support than many realize. That's a beautiful... That's so nice. I like how he touches on his appearance as, like, a bald-headed man. Like, obviously referring to skinhead appearance. But, like... When he says, like, I'm a bit right-wing, so I'm not usually into this kind of thing. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, where are you going with this? What like, do you what mean? You, yeah. what do you You're mean? not usually into indigenous people standing yeah. up for what's rightfully theirs? You're or... a bit
0: right-wing? Let's talk about yeah, that. I what was, does that mean? What parts are you, you, what, parts you right-wing you on? You are
1: not off the hook, Rob. <laughs> no, I, and this is this is one of those things where I love having these sort of conversations. Is, Absolutely. Yeah, right-wing or left-wing, it doesn't matter. You can tell, an, like, this is an injustice.
0: There are some issues that are just bipartisan. Exactly. And to just be about the issue itself, regardless of what party you might affiliate with or exactly. what side of the political spectrum.
1: Because the, the land that is in contest is was supposed to be given back to the iwi. It should have. It mm. was taken by the crown yeah. and given to the Auckland City Council. And like at that point, there's already an injustice. Mm-hmm. And that was years and years and years ago. So now we're looking at this and being like, nothing's changed. Bastion Point. 1970s so ron is he's aight and i mean as you said oh shit we've seen this before we've seen this episode before so following on from that expression from tj parinara and the article from stuff.co.nz let's look at the other side of the coin for musicians uh who were protesting the exact same point uh but with their uh creatives you know and these musicians were willing to support with their music uh to stand up for Ihumata and, and the protected Ihumata. So fantastic, to be honest. I mean, you got to use your platform, right? You've got to. First comment that we see is Marco says, free music, free food, and freedom camping. Doesn't sound like a protest to me. More like a holiday at a tropical resort. Saying that a big majority of the people at this so-called protest are probably on a permanent holiday paid by the paid for by the government. Ooh. There are a lot of things that were covered in this conference. Uh, should I hit the racism button? Uh, nah. Let's uh, just hover over it. Let's yeah, hover over side. Right. You, you don't get too trigger happy. Free music, free food, and free camping. Doesn't sound like a protest to me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like a protest is a
0: protest. And what, are they expecting them to just be standing there, like, upset, like, crying the
1: entire time, distraught? Not no, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Freedom camping is legal, first of all. Yeah. Free music? Are you paying for, for... your music, Marco? <sighs> are you paying for your music outside? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Free food?
0: It, everyone loves free food. I,
1: I... <clears throat> nah, it doesn't sound like a protest to me, though. It sounds like a <sighs> holiday at a tropical resort. You have to pay to camp at a tropical resort, Marco. You, you got to pay for the food, and you most likely got to pay for the band. Yeah, Come they're on saying, now. I don't know what type of tropical resorts you're going Come on. Come on now. Nah. And saying that a big majority of the people at this so-called protest, so-called, okay, um, <laughs> are probably on a permanent holiday paid for by the government. I think what he's mm. trying to do there is he's trying to say their benefit. Yeah. And the term that... Dole bludgers. I hate yeah. that term so much. But yeah. that is what Marco is implying. There is racial undertones here. Absolutely. At, at the end of that comment, he's definitely saying that, yeah, you, the majority of people here are dull bludgers. That's why they can occupy this land. That's why they can trespass. And from what we've seen and what we've read, these were normal people. These were... So the people who have lawyers, students, people from all walks of life, teachers that had just left and said we have to go to the land because they believe in the cause as yeah, they should. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's happened far too many times before and this time once again Bastion Point we all saw that. We all we I mean we didn't all see it, but you know, we've read through it and we there's have. so many photos and just journals about that. So it's clear that this has been an ongoing issue and they weren't going to let this one pass. As we said, seen this episode. We have indeed. Yeah. So we're not going to hit the racism button for Marco, but ignorant comment nonetheless. Amanda says, why haven't they written a song for all the murdered babies? You do
0: see this a lot. do when issue X is brought up for whatever reason, everyone's like, what about, what about this though? What about. It's called a whataboutism,
1: and it's just stupid.
0: Whataboutism? Yeah. Did you just made that up? No, no. Is this is a legitimate. Thing? No, no.
1: It's it's a it's a thing. A whataboutism, also known as whataboutery, is a variant of a logical fallacy. So it attempts to discredit an opponent's position by charging them with hypocrisy without directly refuting or disproving their argument. Um, it's usually associated with Soviet and Russian propaganda, um, and yeah, as you said, we've seen this so many times before. Like, oh, this is issue X issue why have you
0: thought about this though which is
1: not at all related mm. should be focused on more and the thing is we're not
0: saying that murdered babies isn't an issue that we should talk about of course not however if something's if this issue is being talked about why like this what does it bring to the conversation
1: yeah i mean new zealand has a terrible history that's of, true of, of course of and child we're not children. Just Ch- children and teenagers are actually 50 percent more likely to die of abuse in new zealand um, than across the tasman which is a horrifying statistic you know what, bro what about these dying kids yeah so for every two australians um aged zero to 19 who died due to negligence uh, there are three kiwi kids that die per capita yeah. i imagine yeah yeah the population yeah for the population so like we can't ignore that oh of course mm-hmm. The infant abuse and child abuse in New Zealand is horrific. However, to somewhat
0: not necessarily agree with this comment, there is the point around when is a good time to bring up issue X, issue Y. Because I mean, to contrast it with Colin Kaepernick and kneeling, a lot of people were saying, don't disrespect the flag, this isn't the right time to talk about this. Quick point here, kneeling wasn't to try to split the flag, but that's not here nor there. But it does raise a point of when is the right time to bring up an issue? When are people going to be happy talking about things? After mass shooting, people aren't necessarily happy to talk about gun reform, but when are you going to talk about it? So, in theory, from a wider point of view, I understand the idea of, oh, okay, this is an issue, when are we going to talk about it? However, when you're talking about ihumato, I don't think it's necessarily a time to go through with some whataboutism. Applause
1: for Tabby. Hey,
0: thank you. That's off top
1: too. That was was beautiful. That's off top. And you're absolutely right. This is an issue, but let's... I also don't like how they brought that up under this issue, if you get me. Do you get me? I get you. Yeah. Say no more. (laughs) Say no more. Uh, Beer says... Hashtag, not your land. Factually incorrect. Just wrong. I'm not <laughs> yeah, that just actually just is Ewe is land. And we see this time and time and time again on these articles. Uh, anything to do with Maori land, they always bring up the Moriori. And how the Maori actually ate the Moriori and how the Moriori were here first. That's incorrect. It's just factually It's actually incorrect. a myth. It's, yeah, no. Like... Could you imagine? It's a no from me. So as far as scientific evidence is concerned, there were no people here before Maori. Um Mori ori were actually in what is the Chatham Islands, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um and no like there's no substantial evidence at all that there was human presence pre- Presidents, There was human presence uh, before the 13th century. So stop it yeah it's a no from us you gotta stop with those lies also hey fun fact they always talk about you know how the maori killed the mori or whatever uh maori actually went to the chatham islands to sort of claim that land yeah and the mori were there and they killed them they yeah they killed the mori and like enslaved the wrists oh and that is from the academic article that i've written factual written, you've wrote, written damn bro are you really yeah. trying to take credit i'm not trying to take credit all that <laughs> and that happened in 1835 yeah. um when 900 maori sailed from wellington to the chathams um but there were there's no there was nobody here i don't know there's no evidence that there was anybody else here and so when people are like not your land nah, like, bro hash, ha, don't forget the hashtag bro hashtag. trying to go viral could you imagine if that was like a like a hashtag not your land I'm gonna I'm a hashtag my next Instagram photo of that when I just take a photo of some grass. Just hashtag, not your land. Not yours. It ain't mine either. But not yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next comment is from Whitica. Witika says Look, white people stealing stuff. This can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. Oh, I see you. Sense of humor on the comments. I like it. I like it. Hey, look, white people stealing stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's white people stole everything. Mm. Yeah, I, I colonized everything. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I like a bit of humor in the comments. Love it. Love it. Uh, next comment is from Owen, who is a top fan. Shout out, Lucky top fans. Yeah. That's dedication, babe. Yo, you know that Owen's got some fire comments on some other articles. Oh, absolutely. You, you gotta know. To get a top fan on a stuff article... Oh, because people comment on yo, that. you gotta be spitting fire. Bars. Uh, their treaty claim has been settled. It's not sacred ground. It's all about iwi fighting. We've seen a lot of this. We um, have. People blaming the iwi and the negotiations that iwi had on behalf of, you know, the land and...
0: All other claimants.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Takowato Amaki Maki is the local iwi, and it tried legal avenues to actually stop the Wallace family selling it to Fletcher's, um, but cases at both the Environment Court and the Waitangi Tribunal were lost. Um, so it turned to mitigation uh, as the next best effort, which, you know, we all know what that led to. Nope. No, nope, absolutely <laughs> not. Mm-hmm. It's a no from me. It's not sacred ground, it is 1835 Taranaki, no, Taranaki, sorry, Waikato invasion. Invasion of Waikato is when this yeah. land was taken for the first time. Yeah. Like, also, a treaty cannot be settled. Don't do it to them. A treaty can't you be settled. Need to do it. A treaty has to be honored. Like, that's literally yeah. like, you can't settle a treaty. It comes treaty. For, hey, we paid. Like, yeah. we good. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, no, Owen. No. And just going over a few of the other comments from breaking news articles or articles where uh, other parts of New Zealand had protested and and covering those protests, we saw the Wellington protest was massive, like a large, large protest. A
0: lot of people turned up.
1: A lot of people turned up all over the nation and also um, all over the world. You know, we, we hate to see injustices and we hate to see injustice against indigenous people. So... Looking at some of the comments and retweets from those Breaking News articles, we look at a comment from Tony. Tony says, I would like to see the part of this land with the historical walls and old building sites saved and kept for history, but I'm totally over the racism and the woe is me. And something else that I wondered about, all those protesters camped up for days and weeks. Um, how do they keep their jobs? And he's got a confused face at the end of that. Again, talk, a, lot covered a lot covered in this comment. Yeah. So to see the part of this land and the historical walls and all building sites saved. Um. Where do you start? We could start with Bastion Point, really. We could. And how police went in there and destroyed everything. They just like,
0: ooh, y'all yeah. like this?
1: No. Also, the Crown had historically, um, you know, I don't want to say settled, but had negotiations to take land off of Maori and with the provision that there would be a school here yeah. or there would be this here and the iwi would be able to benefit off it and so would the English. And they took the land and they didn't do they Nope, they didn't do that at all. Mm, not you really know. good
0: at honoring uh, promises. No,
1: not at all. Um, and, you know, obviously with those sort of like contracts and treaties and negotiations, um, we've seen it time and time again, but like... People are tired. And They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Generational, man. Generational. Uh, so Tony wants to see the part of the land where the historical walls and old building sites are saved and kept for history. Much like a statue, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love statues. We love statues. Catch us next season. Um, <laughs> but he's totally over the racism and woe is me. I'm not sure which racism he's talking about. And does... Tony just mean racism
0: in general? general, Just tired? Because, I mean, I think... We are all over racism. I'm over
1: it. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of it. I actually... I was looking at it just before, and I was like, I actually don't know if I like this anymore. (laughs) I think I'm kind of over this one. But the woe is me is like the... Okay, he's definitely talking about... like He's referring to reverse racism, I believe. And the woe is me is like, oh, please feel sorry for me or whatever. I feel like people from Tony's... I don't want to say background but perspective kind of believe that like minorities are asking for something that's above being treated equal. Crazy. Like the woe is me thing is is a very like a black america like just stop like complaining.
0: A, just get over it. Yeah. Like you used to be
1: slaves now you're not. Aren't yeah. you happy? Yeah, like didn't, didn't I heard a metaphor the other day about a jump shot. Oh. Bro, about like, even. if you if you get into a jump shot, like if you go to a team and you have a bad jump shot, the coach doesn't go and tell you like, oh, it's because your father had a bad jump it's shot. It's because
0: of the systematic issues around you yeah. or the
1: environment around you. They, the coach will tell you, no, you're just going to train to get a better just jump shot. Just keep grinding. Which is a sort of metaphor for, don't worry about the injustices that have happened to your ancestors. Just train, just get like with it which is an
0: incredible oversimplification of a systematic complex issue and <laughs>
1: justices systematic racism we could go on and on and on yeah yeah so the woe was me thing is like a you, you don't fully understand the generational issues and it can be something as little as somebody's father not being able to go to university and somebody's mother um, not being given the correct health care
0: someone not being able to speak their native language at school getting beaten up for it therefore their kids aren't able to speak said
1: native language yeah and and the minority representation here all you ask for is equality Mm. so hmm uh he's wondering about the protesters camped up there for days and weeks and how they keep their jobs this one this part of it is really where i would love to Because Seoul, which is the Save Our Unique Landscape campaign, um, and they were the main, I want to say campaigners, but like the main occupiers um, for this campaign. And they did not only brilliant work uh, protesting, but they did brilliant work documenting. They did. Letting the rest of New Zealand and the rest of the world know what was going on day by day by day. And they are still there to this day. As we record today, they are still there. Um, that should show you how dedicated
0: they are. And the thing is, to Tony's point, some people
1: probably have had to quit their jobs because they believe in mm, this point. Because it's bigger than that. It's bigger than a job. It's bigger than a career or a or maybe studying. In Pania's TED Talk, she talked about how she's dedicated
0: her entire life to this cause. Also in the TED Talk, she quoted Martin Luther King,
1: who said, a man who does not have something for which he is willing to die is not fit to live. So people are dedicating their life to this. Yeah. And in some cases, people are probably willing to die for this cause. And they've they've definitely gone out and said that. So Tony strikes me as, yeah, somebody who has never sort of faced an issue like this where he has never needed to put his job on the line, to put his career on the line, to put his life on hold. Because Mm. you're trying to stop a generational injustice. Exactly. And the thing is,
0: someone might have a great agreement with their employer saying, hey, this matters to you. Take all the time you need. And if so, congratulations. I'm not going to call them out on a comment.
1: Absolutely. Comment here, Al says, So I listened, or should I say read the subtitles of what Panya Newton had to say, and taking away all the oratory garnish, the meat of it is our concerns for our people to have new residents because the government doesn't want us living here anymore. Well, I'm confused. I thought Fletchers were trying to build new residents here so her people, some of who have bought off the plans, could live here. Or is it when she talks about our people, is she referring to the protesters? Oh, the confusion of separate development. Before we go into this, Oratory garnish. I'm going to use that some in some point in the future. You might that hear is, that next episode. That is... You might hear that next episode. That's poetic, man. That's beautiful. Um, and before anybody gets angry at this comment, I want to go out and say that we read these comments and most people are looking for something. And this is just one where the person has actually gone out and said, I don't understand. Which... We see it all the time. Half of the comments we've read already, people clearly don't understand and they're looking for another point of view or they're looking for the other side of the coin, right? Al's come on this page and said, I actually, I'm asking questions here because what I got from Panya Newton's speech was this, but that doesn't make too much sense. And the the part that where she's saying it doesn't make too much sense is I thought the Fletchers were trying to build new residents here. So for, for the iwi, right? But... The issue really is that the Eevee should be deciding that. They should. They, they should decide what happens. They are the rightful owners of the land, and therefore, why should Fletchers be building this and, and doing that? And, and deciding for them. And then saying that, oh, we're gonna, like this is for you as well. We're going to let you live here. The Crown did that a lot and did not honor their promises. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, we've seen this episode before. They're not really going to trust
0: that. And then also, Panya said in her TED Talk, that these properties, they're going to probably cost multi-million dollars or million dollars. So it's not as though any random's going to be able to afford to live on these properties. Absolutely. So, like... And, I mean, that just goes to income inequalities and so many other societal issues that are
1: just going to be attached to this. Yeah, and pl- plaguing it, honestly, I feel I feel almost sick thinking about it. Like, could you imagine... I You know, I know that we sit here and we have... We're not Maori. We are from two separate continents, actually, me and you. And I couldn't even digest what that would mean if somebody had taken land off of my family, built a house and said, oh, you can live in it, but it's going to cost you. I I could never... Yeah.
0: See, unfortunately... Zimbabwe has a history related to this and I can tell you it's not going great oh no what do you mean no
1: ah yep the stealing of farms has not really worked out true mm. no I did read about that yeah Bermuda has not the stealing of farms but we have a golf course on top of slave graves oh wonderful yeah love that it's, a, it's actually a gated community and no oh. black person lives there oh yeah it's called Tucker's Town <laughs> why does that surprise me but then not surprise me at the same time yeah yeah so hmm, hmm. but as we said like we have our own things at home but we still stand in solidarity with this absolutely because we can never understand but we can only get we only know what is a drop of an ocean
0: as you said we will never have the understanding self someone who may have connection to the land but just like TJ, we're going to use our platform and talk about issues that we care about.
1: Absol- like, absolutely, absolutely. And I think the biggest, biggest point of this entire, uh, I don't even want to say debacle, this journey that Seoul has been on, that many people with Maori ancestry have been on throughout this entire point, is two things. And I want to highlight them. This isn't related to any comments this is just some discourse that I actually wanted to just have is this is not the first time. I remember talking with my mom and dad and I remember talking with my good friend Ian and he said that seeing the George Floyd protest, seeing the merciless killing, merciless killing of a black man by a police officer his parents said they saw it with Rodney King and they never thought that they would have had to see it again. In the same lifetime. In the same lifetime. I remember Ian saying that. And and now we look at Ihumatao and we look back at Bastion Point and there are definitely people who would have now attended both protests. How are you going to turn a blind eye to that? And for them, I can't imagine what it's like for them. Exactly, right? And so the Crown intervention here is so much of like the, I don't want to say American supremacy, but a, almost like the colonial hammer, right? And it sort of keeps that in place. And once we talk about generational trauma, that that is it. That is it. That is an injustice that has happened to your parents or your parents have had to live through, protested, fine. I am positive that when those 220 people were arrested at Bastion Point. Not only did they feel we won, we like we made something of this, we made the world look at us, but I'm sure that they were like, we will never have to do this again. Mm. And I can't tell you the disappointment in my mind of knowing that they had to do that again.
0: And I mean, if you think about in our lens, the George Floyd protests, they're going to happen again. Oh yeah. In 20, 30 years. And we're going to be
1: having the exact same conversation about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the part that breaks me is the same thing of the President of the United States, Donald Trump, not properly, I guess, addressing the injustices against black people um, at the hands of the police, people who are supposed to, you know, be the savior of community, Mm. and the absence of the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern at Humato. Still to this day has not gone For me, there is no difference. For me. And we can't compare the United States and New Zealand, the police brutality in the United States and the indigenous injustices Mm. in New Zealand. But the fact that that happened created trauma for many black people, black Americans and black people all over the world. And the president didn't hold himself accountable or hold anybody accountable and took no responsibility we're looking at the same thing here of Jacinda Ardern saying, I'll, I'll, I'll come to Ihimato. I always said I would. It's just not the time right now. Or like making very little, small gestures, but not actually attempting to get to the point. Mm. It has no difference in my mind. Yeah. And we could sit here and talk about Crown Intervention. We could sit here and talk about, you know, the, the amount of land that has been stolen And misused and arguably destroyed by the crown, but we can't. But we could go to Ihimato right now. And so can you. You listening to this, this is still an ongoing protest. And the fact of the matter is, you can Google this right now. You can go on Instagram. You can go on Twitter. There will be updates. There are people there who are living with the land, to ensure that there is still a protest going on. Because if everybody had gone home, if everybody had sort of just packed up shop and said, okay, we made the news, we made people angry, we made people listen to us, let's go home, the next week it would have been over. The next week they would have built houses on it. You know this for a fact, I know this for a fact. So the, <laughs> the fact that people are still there just shows not only their dedication, but their love for the finua. So I want to end with that. And Tabby, I know you feel the same way as me. That I really don't want to speak anymore on this. We've read it for weeks. Actually, no, months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we've written it for months and we have honestly educated ourselves. Um, and yeah, I, I, we're, we're we're very much done with this topic, but we know we won't be and that, that's what hurts us. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to have some discourse with us, if you want to send us any questions, if you have any queries, or if you want us to focus on something uh, for the next episode, hit us up on the Instagram at and Um, or you can hit us up on Instagram at kai.com. Uh, what's, your, what's your handle? you
0: know my handle tabsozabander
1: you know? it's just not that big ah uh, oh
0: my god hey man. thank
1: you so much for listening um this guy it's been Kai and Tabby it's with so Unpack stay blessed Before we finish off we want to give some quick shout outs to the people who helped us design this podcast first of all slice.studios on instagram has amazing graphics and did our logo and any other graphics you see for the podcast floyd crib and treasure matt did the intro and outro beat check them out on spotify at floyd crib or treasure matt or on soundcloud on the same names or on instagram or if you want to follow our other project at Say so Project, a mental health storytelling platform, you can check that out on Instagram or Facebook as well. And a quick shout out to our writers who will remain anonymous, but do all the work behind the scenes of the podcast that you know and love. And a quick shout out to Young Blu-ray, who does all the stats and marketing for our podcast.